Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 is where we'll be. I'm going to take a break from the book of Isaiah for a few weeks, and I want to talk for several weeks about spiritual warfare because I believe that the war is getting intense. And so I think that we need to be aware of the fact that we have been blessed by God with all that we need to fight in this war that we're in. Now, let me just ask you, let's just go to basics. What happens to somebody when they become a Christian? Well, Jesus Christ becomes their Savior. He becomes their Lord. And then God the Father becomes our Father. All of our sins are washed completely away by the blood of Jesus Christ. And when we're saved, we become a new creation. Old things pass away and new things come. Another thing that happens is the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within our physical bodies and we become his temple. Our names are recorded in the Lamb's book of life. We immediately become part of his glorious church, the family of God, and God gives us spiritual gifts to serve others in our local church. All of that happens the split second, and more than that, but all of that happens the split second you repent of your sins, believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins, and believe that he was raised from the dead for you, and receive him as your Lord and Savior. But something else happens as well. The moment you become a Christian, you enter into a spiritual war. Every Christian becomes a warrior at the moment of salvation. Now I know what I'm about to say to some of you might sound blasphemous. But there's one song that Bill Gaither wrote that I don't believe is right. See, y'all are just out there with jaw open, I can tell. With respect, I disagree with this song that says it is finished, the battle is over. There'll be no more war, the end of the conflict, Jesus is Lord. Well, I believe Jesus is Lord. And I believe that the ultimate battle has been won. But how many of you know we're still in a battle? Anybody out there? Can I just use Dyersburg language? The battle ain't over. There's still war. And we have not seen the end of the conflict yet. Jesus has already won, but the war is still going on. There's a battle going on. And we don't talk enough about spiritual warfare. I'll tell you what I believe. I've been a Baptist all my life. And I believe the majority of Baptists just think this. They, they may not even think that they think this, but they do think this. If I just will ignore the devil, he'll leave me alone. Look at me. That is nonsense. That is nonsense. Absolutely wrong. The devil and his, the demons hate you. You know why? You love Jesus Christ. 
And if you love Jesus, the devil hates the Jesus in you. And that's why so many people are going through so many battles. The schemes of the enemy are so well thought out. That's why so many people go through tough times. And God allows us to live in this spirit realm. It's all around us. I am grateful to God that we can't see all of it. It would scare us senselessly. Many Christians don't know who's causing the fight or why it's happening. So it's time for us to have a refresher, if you will, on this war. And I want to talk to you this morning about the Christian warrior. And I think this is the quintessential text about it in the Bible. There's a lot about it in the Bible. But Ephesians 6 is, to me, just a primer on spiritual warfare. So let's pray before we look at it. Father, open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things from your law. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Say that with me. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, and if that's your prayer, say amen. amen. <clears throat> and Lord, we do proclaim that the enemy has no, no place, no topos in this ministry or over this room right now. Finally, Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God. Say that with me. Put on the full armor of God. Why? So that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Say that with me. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. People are not your problem but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. I'll unpack that momentarily. Verse 13, therefore take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the fiery or the flaming arrows or darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the what? Word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Well, let's walk through this and talk about the Christian warrior. Number one, if you're going to be a Christian warrior who wins, you must first acknowledge the war. That's pretty fundamental. You can't win a war until you admit you're in one. And we are in a war. How many of you know that there's a war going on? Amen. We think it's a political war. It's not a political war. We think it's a race war. It's not a race war. It is a spiritual war. That's the war we're in. It may manifest itself in some ways. But we are in a spiritual war. And whether you like it or not, Christian, the devil hates you. He hates your family. And he hates your church. He is standing against you. He is scheming against you. He is plotting against you. We always hear God has a plan for our life. So does the devil. 
And his plan is to tarnish your witness for Christ, to hurt every member of your family, to take you down, to take your family down, to take your church down. He hates Christ. He is jealous of Christ. And he's also jealous of mankind. I heard a guy talking this week, and I believe what he said to be true. He said, the devil according to the Old Testament, was the most beautiful being God ever created. Now, before you get angry at that, Jesus was not created. Jesus is the eternal Son of God. So he's not more beautiful than Jesus. But he's the most beautiful part of God's creation. He was before the fall. And just imagine how the angels respected him and all of that. And then one day, God just scoops up a handful of dirt and fashions it into Adam and says, this is the greatest thing I've ever created. And I believe personally that that's when the devil got so jealous that he rebelled. Now, that may or may not be the case, but I believe that has to be something in it. He is jealous of us. He hates us. And... He fell, and a third of the angels, we know that to be true in Scripture, rebelled and fell with him. And now they stand against us in spiritual warfare. Look at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You can't defeat Satan. You can't defeat demons. In the strength of your might, you need the strength of the Lord's might. Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, and you need to know that verse. You need this verse. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them because, read this with me from the screen, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Say it again. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You are from God. Christian, you got your salvation from God. And through Christ, you have overcome this world and all the demonic forces because greater is Jesus Christ in you than the devil who is in the world. Christ has given you every piece of spiritual armor you need to stand against the devil and to fight. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. We are in a spiritual war. We're in a spiritual battle. We got to put on the armor every day. I'm glad to see, as far as I can tell, everybody put on their clothes today. I'm glad of that. But did you put on the whole armor of God today? Did you dress your family? Men, did you dress your family today with the whole armor of God? You go to work, you provide for them, you do all these things. Ladies, you do all these things for your family. But have you dressed your family in the whole armor of God today? And are you dressed in the whole armor of God today? Now, why do we do this? Because we have to stand firm because the, the devil is scheming. Stand against the schemes of the devil. He is plotting. He is planning. He wants to take you down. 
and you're no match for him by yourself. Then Paul states plainly that we're in a war. He says in verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That word struggle, pale, it means to wrestle. Now, when I was younger, I tried boxing one time. And this one little fast guy hit me in the face four times before I could even see him. Amen? I said, I'm through with this. I'm done with boxing. I'm not built for it. I'm not made for it. I'm out of it. And so I started wrestling, and I was really good at that. Wrestling, though, is not like boxing. You know, boxing, you get pop, 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 but there's a little reprieve in there. But in wrestling, it's up close and personal, amen? It's a war. When you're wrestling, I mean, you're fighting for your life. That's the word for struggle, palais. It's a life or death struggle. Paul said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. People aren't our problem. It will be a glorious day for you when you realize that that person that harasses you is not your problem. It's the devil behind that person. They're just the little puppet that the devil is using. And you'll never win if you fight them. You got to know how to fight in the spirit realm. You're not battling people. If you battle people, you'll fail. If you get in the real war and fight the devil, you'll win. Satan and his demons are powerful and they're organized. You know, I've, God's got so much organization in heaven. We read in the book of Daniel of all the different angels that are over these countries and all of that. It's really fascinating to read about. I love that part of the Bible. I love all the Bible, but I love it when it talks about things like that. And I believe that when the devil fell, he kept the organization that he was part of in the heavens. And you say, where do you get that? Out of verse 12. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but here's our struggle. Against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. I believe that's four layers under the devil. I believe he kept the angelic, organization that God had given. He, the devil is not, he doesn't invent anything. He is a copycat. Rulers, the highest level of demonic spirits under Satan. They answer to Satan himself. They are, it's called arche. Powers, exousia, second level of demonic leaders. I believe they answer to the arche, the rulers. World forces of this darkness, Cosmo Crator. They are emperors. They are rulers in this evil, dark world system. You can go to the movies now and see previews of people who are demonized, and it's always dark, is it not? It's always dark. God is light. The devil is dark. He's in darkness. And that's not talking about lights are out. He's talking about spiritual darkness. Demonization. And these 
cosmo Kratos, they answer, I believe, to the powers, the exousia. And then there's the spiritual forces of wickedness, and that would be the fourth level under the devil. Literally, spirits are winds of wickedness, winds of wickedness. Spirit means wind or breath. And they answer to the world forces of this darkness. And Satan is ruling this detailed, dangerous, deadly army. <clears throat> Why is it that our world is always torn up? Why is there always war? Why is there division everywhere? Because the devil is scheming. He has an army. He is attacking all the time. All the time. You've been in this war ever since you were in your mother's womb. You have been in this war. There is a war going on. You're fighting against an evil wicked, organized army of demons that doesn't care if you suffer, doesn't care if your family suffers, they don't care if children suffer or if anybody, they want you to suffer because they know they're on their way to hell and they want to take as many as they can with them and they want you to live in hell on earth. They are wicked. So the first thing we got to do is acknowledge the war. I mean, when you're in a war and you don't acknowledge it, I think you're going to get beat, don't you? Number two, if you're going to be a Christian warrior who wins, you have to access your weapons, not just acknowledge the war. You got some weapons. And you need to access them. Therefore, he says, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day. Having done everything to stand firm, stand th firm therefore. Take up the full armor of God. You know what that means? Put the armor on. Now, I was not in the military, but I played football and I put on pads and I put on cleats and I put on a helmet and I buckled up to play. And you know what? Every day. I pray for my family by name. I pray for many of you by name. And I put on us, I, I dress my family every day with the whole armor of God. Take up the full armor, put it on so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day. And this to me, to resist to set ourselves against in a battle, to resist, to fight the war, to wage the war against demonic spirits. We in our day have changed resist to ignore. We're not resisting, we're ignoring. And the devil's taking marriages and destroying them, taking children and destroying them, taking churches and destroying them. It's time to fight back. It's time to say, you know what? Over my praying body, over my fasting body, over my warrior body, Satan, you're not taking my family. You're not taking our church. You're not taking God's people. Can I have an amen?
Let's give God praise that he can take care of his people. Amen. Amen. Stand firm. Now, what do we have to put on? First of all, write these down. I don't think this is in your notes, but make sure it is. Write it down. And guys, don't expect your wife to write it down. You write it down. Quit looking at me and nudging her. Stop it. Number one, the belt of truth. Having girded your loins with truth. Now, we don't know what, most of us don't know what girding your loins means. We don't even want to know, really. But in biblical times, men wore robes. And they were below their knees. And you can't run and you can't be in a battle if you have a robe below your knees. You've got to be able to move. And so they would pull their robe up and wrap their belt tight enough that it kept the robe above their knees so they could maneuver. That's girding your loins. And it's just a phrase that means get ready for battle. Get ready for a war. Kind of like when you're playing football. Are you ready to play, boys? He's getting you in your mind to gird up your loins. He he said, are you ready to play? Are you ready to win this war? Having girded your loins with what? With truth. The devil operates as a liar. He is a liar. He cannot speak truth. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 44, you are of your father the devil and you want to do the desires of your father. He, that is the devil, was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. Whenever he, the devil, speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. He is, say it with me, he is a liar and the father of lies. But aren't you glad that Jesus is not that. God is not that. The Bible says in Romans 3 verse 4, let God be found true. Though every man be found a liar. And Jesus said right before he died on the cross, John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. Say that with me. I am the way and the truth and the life. And he says, nobody comes to the Father unless they come through me. So you've got to every day wake up and dress up and put on the girdle of truth. You got to girdle up your orange. You got you got to put it on and get that belt of truth. Secondly, the breastplate of righteousness. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, verse fourteen. What does the breastplate cover? What does it cover? Look at me. What does it cover? Your heart. How many of you want your heart protected by the Lord? Amen. Your emotions, your loyalties. At salvation, Jesus graciously gives you a brand new heart of righteousness. God in Christ makes you the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. So you're going to take up the breastplate of righteousness, to cover that heart of righteousness. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, I pray this verse every day. Father, I thank you. He made him. Put that on the screen real quick. 2 Corinthians 5.21. 
He made him, the Father made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become, say it out loud with me, the righteousness of God in him. And I say it every day, Father, I thank you that by the grace of Jesus, I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. I have the breastplate of righteousness. Why do we need to know that? Because the devil, according to Revelation 10, 20, Revelation 12, verse 10, is the accuser of the brethren. Who is it that's always reminding you of your failures? Who is it that's always reminding you of how you've messed up in life? It's not the Lord. If you've confessed those things to God, he doesn't remind you of things that you've already repented of. That's the devil. He is the accuser of the brethren. He does it day and night. So you put on the breastplate of righteousness and say, I am standing not in my righteousness, but in the pure righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm cleansed. Oh, he doesn't like that. Number three, the sandals of peace. Look at verse 15. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How many of you were able to come on Wednesday night with Brooklyn Tab and all those guys. Wasn't that a great message out of Philippians 4, 6, and 7 about peace? Don't you want peace? You get it from Jesus. You get perfect peace from Jesus. John 14, 27, Jesus said, again, not long before he went to the cross, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. My peace. How many of you want the peace of Jesus? Anybody? I sure do. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Isaiah 26, 3, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Put that back on the screen real quick. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. So you got to shod your feet every day. Put on your shoes with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'm going to be ready to share with people how they can have access to the peace of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to do it every day. Now we go on to the shield of faith. Look at verse 16. The shield of faith. In addition, verse 16, to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now the shield that they had, they would teach their warriors. Their shield was like this big, huge rectangular board and they would stand by it and, and they would get all the way behind it to where an arrow couldn't hit them. Take up the shield of faith. Say that with me. Take up the shield of faith and quench all, not some, all the fiery darts of the enemy. The devil is throwing darts at you all day long. You know what they are? Thoughts. What if this happens? Oh, what, have you thought about this? You think you're doing due diligence when all you're doing is worrying. We don't need worriers. We need warriors. Oh, have you thought about this? Oh, what if this happens? 
What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Take up the shield of faith and say, I'm not buying that. I'm going to quench those fiery darts. I'm not going to listen to every thought that the devil puts in my mind. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to quench those fiery darts. I'm going to walk by faith, not by sight. I'm going to walk with the Lord. We're saved by faith. And it's the shield of faith that gives us God's righteousness. We're going to stand behind that shield. I need to move on. Then the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. Verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation. Be assured of your salvation. The Bible says in John 6, 47, Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. Say that with me. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. Do you know what the Greek word for truly is? Put that back up there just for a moment. Amen, amen. That's what it is. Amen, amen, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. So faith gets us saved, but then we stay assured in our faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 John 5, 11 and following the testimony is this. God has given us eternal life. This life is in his son. He who has the son has the life. He who does not have the son does not have the life. These things have I written to you who believe who have faith in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. When God gives us the helmet of salvation, what does the helmet protect? Your mind. So you're assured of your salvation. And you're going to take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. It's all in your thoughts. And you've got to have the helmet of salvation. And I'll unpack these more later on. But number six, now we go into the offense. We've been on defense. I'm ready to do, do some scoring, aren't you? Look at this now. Number six, the sword of the Spirit. Say that with me. The sword of the Spirit. Verse 17, the latter part of the verse says, the sword of the Spirit, take it up, which is the Word of God. Oh, the devil hates the Word of God. Why? He's a liar and God's Word is truth. Do you remember when Jesus battled the devil while he was fasting in the wilderness. How did he fight him? With the sword of the spirit. The devil said, turn this, turn this rock into bread. Jesus said, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Quoting Deuteronomy 6.16. The devil took him up to a high tower and said, jump off and God will save you and everybody will follow you. Make a show, Jesus. Put on a show. The devil is still trying to tell churches, put on a show. Aren't you glad we don't have to put on a show? Amen? We're not here to put on a show. We're here to worship Jesus. And Jesus says, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test, quoting Deuteronomy 6, 16. And then the devil said, if you'll just bow down and worship me, that's what the devil wants, by the way, he wants worship. If you'll just bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything out here in the whole world. And Jesus said, go, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only, Deuteronomy 6, 13. It is written, it is written, it is written. What was he using? What was he doing? Sword of the Spirit. Sword of the Spirit. Sword of the Spirit. And I got news for you. The devil can't handle the word of God. He can't handle it. Cannot handle it. 
All you have to do is start quoting and proclaiming and praying scripture and your life will change. Well, there's one more part of the weapons here, prayer and petition. And I'll be talking about this more in days to come. Prayer and petition, verse 18, with all prayer and petition. How do you put it on? How do you put it on? With prayer, with petition. You access your weapons. Let me just show you how I do this, how I did this this morning. I name off our family, and I name off our staff, and I name off certain people, and I say, Father, I pray that you'll gird our loins with truth. And I, do, I usually do it with my hands, gird our loins with truth, shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, put on us the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. I take the shield of faith, quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. I take the sword in the spirit, which is the word of God. And I today will pray in all in the spirit with all supplication for all saints. You say you do that every day? I do it every day. Why? I want to get dressed. Because when I wake up, I'm in his presence, but I'm also in a war. And I'm going to go to the war dressed for the war. I'm not looking for the devil, but I'll be ready when he shows up. I'm going to have my armor on. You got to put on the whole armor of God in a fresh way every day. You say, that's the craziest thing. Okay, then just go and keep getting beat up. Just go ahead. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, but if, if, you, if you say this doesn't work, I say it does. It works. You know why? It's in the Bible. And God is smarter than us, and God sees the war, and God has given you what you need, not only to survive, but to triumph. And until you start taking it up and putting it on, it doesn't matter if you've got these things here if you've got the shield of faith and you never pick it up and you've got the helmet of salvation and you never put it on and you've got the sword of the spirit and you never pray scripture. How in the world do we expect to have any victory at all? And we lay around crying to God. He's saying, well, I gave you a bunch of stuff you didn't put on. Dress up. Get out of bed. Put some clothes on. <laughs> Put the armor on. Let's get going. You're in a war. Is anybody, is God talking to anybody today? Anybody out there? You want to be a Christian warrior who wins? You got to acknowledge the war. You got to access your weapons. And some of y'all right now say, that's too complicated for me. I've been living like this a long time. Yeah, you have. Aren't you tired of it? Aren't you tired of living the way you've been living? getting beat up all the time. Do something about it. Quit ignoring the devil, get in the fight. And then attain the win. And I won't focus on this much because we're out of time, but attain the win is verse, it's in prayer. That's the last part of your battle array, your weapons. With all prayer, let's read this together. Verse 18. Can we put that on the screen very quickly? Let's read it all together. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. With this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So I'm going to pray 
and I'm going to put on the armor and I'm going to attain the win. I'm going to put on the armor and I am going to win. And look at me. I don't know how else to say this. If you're ever going to win, you've got to make prayer the epicenter of your life. I may miss a meal, but I will not miss talking with God. I may be late for work. I may have to pull away from my family, but I'm going to talk with God. For our sake, for my sake, for Bellevue's sake, you say, well, you're a preacher. You get to do that. No, you need to do that. It's not for preachers only. You can't do without prayer. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. We're in a battle, and it is a severe battle. Some of you say, it's too late for me, preacher. I've already been defeated. Are you breathing? How many of you are breathing right now? Anybody out there? Some of you not raising your hands. I don't know what to do with you. I really don't. Can't even raise your hand. I'll give you another shot. You don't deserve it, but I'm going to give it to you, all right? How many of you are breathing out there? Anybody? All right. Thank you. Praise God. If you're breathing, you're in the war. You're in the war. I don't believe it. What do you think is what do you think the trouble is all the time? You're not fighting people. You're fighting the enemy. Let's all stand up. Now, I'm going to have to make you sit down in a second. But just stretch out, would you? No, I didn't mean do all this. I didn't mean all that. I just meant just, for most of you, standing is stretching, all right? So, all right. I want us to read Psalm 108, verses 12 and 13. Can we put that on the screen? This is a prayer. Read it with me. Oh, give us help against the adversary for deliverance by man is in vain. How many of you know that man can't defeat the devil? Amen. We want to defeat the adversary, the devil. Now go. God, uh, through God, we will do valiantly and it is he who shall tread down our adversary. Did you see that? Adversary, singular. Adversaries, plural. Adversary, I believe, is the devil. Adversaries are the people through whom the devil works. Or it might be the demons. But Christ has already defeated them on the cross and in his resurrection. I've just given you a little primer. This is nothing compared to what we need to learn. But how many of you got the prayer, the warfare prayer? Anybody get that out there today? I just want us to pray the first paragraph. Is that okay? And we'll go through the part where we stand against the enemy there, okay? The first two paragraphs, okay? Read this with me, and I want you to pray this at least two or three times a week. I've been praying this for almost 40 years. It was written by a godly man. 
So, now this is just part of it. You've got the whole thing there. It's on two, two sides of the sheet, I believe. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I bow in worship and praise before you. I cover myself with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ as my protection during this time of prayer. I surrender myself completely and unreservedly in every area of my life to yourself. I do take a stand against all the workings of Satan that would hinder me in this time of prayer. And I address myself only to the true and living God and refuse any involvement of Satan in my prayer. Now let's say this. Satan, I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to leave my presence with all your demons and I bring the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ between us. And then you pray the rest of that prayer. And I'm telling you, that'll set your heart in motion to really talk with the Lord. Man, we're in a battle. We are in a battle. 